0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Little Green Pasture. It's great again to be here. I always say that, but it's true. I always look forward to being here. There's such a buildup after I do my last videos and a couple days go by that my heart starts to beat again and I start to search my heart and search the scriptures and my thoughts trend toward Jesus Christ and to where my treasure is in heaven. And so I'm here today and, you know, I just want to just tell you what a privilege it is to do this. You know, sometimes I look at myself and go, really, Lord, me? <laughs> but maybe all of us can say that, right? Really, Lord, me? I remember reading something that J.H. Jowett said, and he's one of my favorite uh, theologians. And he said that someone had come to him, a student of his, and said, um, uh, Mr. Joe, why did Jesus choose Judas? And his response was, I don't know. Maybe the Lord can tell me why he chose me. <laughs> that kind of puts everything in perspective. And, you know, really, I love the common ground that we all share. You know, I, you know, I love how Jesus says the servant is not greater than the master. Right. And I love the fact that we are all on common ground in the common faith because we're the common people that hear Jesus gladly. Amen. Amen. So before I get going, I want to let you know that I was invited to join a new platform called Christian community network. And the gentleman that invited me is such a lovely man. I just, I don't know him very well, but my spirit already knows I love him. And, um, he is part of a group of people that were really good friends with Fred Tomlinson. So I'm just really, I'm like the new kid on the block and I feel this big among them, but praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to be in the low places. So, um, I'm going to be starting a group there. So I'm going to announce after this, um, When the group is starting, uh, the gentleman is going to help me uh, put it together. And really, it's a great idea because you just never know when one day all of us will wake up and we might see that this platform no longer exists. So, praise the Lord, He's always up the road from us, isn't He? He's always taking care of things. And as long as we set the Lord always before us, and because He is at our right side as our companion, We're not going to be moved. He said he will never suffer the righteous to be moved. So also too, I want to also encourage you to subscribe to the field notes on Rumble. And all of these links, these both links I'm talking, uh, mentioning are down below in the description box of this video and will be always be. So please go over there, start subscribing. And also, I want to also thank everybody so much for all your many valuable prayers that I live on. Like I can't do this without your prayers for me. And this work that we do and any work that anybody does for Christ, the work is prayer. It's the prayer. That's the that's the heavy end of it. It's the prayer because anybody can say anything. Anybody can appear appear on a video. But it is prayer. Prayer is the work. It's the power that is between God and us. He gives us power through prayer. And so the more time we spend in prayer, that by the time we go do anything for the Lord, he's already there. He's already in it. He's already taken care of it, right? He's the forerunner. He's not only been the forerunner who has gone into heaven before us, but he is the forerunner before us by virtue of the Holy Spirit and whatever is we're doing. That's why we pray about everything. And I also want to thank everybody who financially supports this uh, little green pastor. I, it really is I know it is the Lord Jesus Christ who makes any of this possible. So all my thanks always goes to Jesus Christ who um, moves upon all of you to pray and to support this ministry. And if you would like to support this ministry, please go to Patreon. Think of, pray about it. Let God direct your hearts about becoming a member. I hate to use that word member. No, not a member. Strike that word, a subscriber only, because if we're members, we're all members of one body. That's how it goes. And we are a fellowship of believers of Jesus Christ. So let me make it clear. This is not a membership. Patreon is not a membership. It's just a way to support and that I can go on being um, a vessel, meet for the master's use. And I say all of this with an extremely grateful and humble heart. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to get going, okay? Father in heaven, it is with great joy that I reach out and reach forth unto you in this prayer. Lord that Lord, you are the door that we enter through where we can go before our Father in heaven and and we could ask of him and and receive from you as our God all the things that we need everything that we need for life because we live and move and have your being and Lord Jesus yes I will be the one speaking with my voice but Lord let them hear your voice and speak to the hearts of everyone today in your own way it says your sheep know you They know your voice and Lord, I pray that you minister through this word because I don't know everything I'm going to say. I'm following after you. Let God be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his saints. Lord, bless this word to the hearing of your servants and Lord, I move, I decrease that you will increase and that you will move out into the front and that all eyes and hearts and thoughts and minds be always fixed upon you in Jesus name. Amen. You know, the last time I did a video, um, I mentioned that I had a couple of dreams and you know, there are dreams, we, you know we, we, there's some people that never dream, but those of you who dream, we dream many dreams, I mean it says even Ecclesiastes, um, that the dreams are many when there's many cares in this life. so but those, but there are dreams that we know are not just from the cares of this life. There's something significant about things that we are shown, in the nighttime, while we sleep, where we re- things are revealed to us, shown to us for many different reasons, for prayer, for insight, sometimes for sharing. But all of that, uh, these prayers, are so alive, and they are always full and rich. There's really no words to describe it. I had mentioned a couple of dreams that I had, but I want to talk about this one because after I kind of just went over it, I don't even know, to be honest with you, I don't really remember if I gave you details about it, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't? Don't even mind that. You know, last week um, when I had uh, that dream, we were getting really attacked. Our, our, our family, our life, our household was getting very attacked. And, you know, I, I'm an old saint. You know, there's some of you that are much older than me. But, you know, we're in enemy territory. And it's going to, I don't care how perfect you live your life or I live my life and we do everything above board, above bar. There's going to be something, someone that the enemy is going to use or a circumstance, something he's going to pull out of thin air and he's going to use it. And so, you know, while I was, you know, walking through it and we were stressed out over it, you know, I thought, you know, I've really spent my life. I, I, I will put it this way. I believe I was born on the war field and maybe you were born on the war field, too. And maybe it's good that we were born on the war field because like the Israelites who never learned war before, when God delivered them and they went over the Jordan, he put them in the midst of seven heathen nations that were mighty in ancient war. But by that they learned war and later on they became the mighties. And those are the ones we read about. And I think to myself, You know, we're not going to ever learn about the light of God unless we're in the deep darkness. We're not going to ever learn about or receive the mercies that come from God on high, the mercy that is set in heaven. He, the mercy, he's mercy himself that sits upon the mercy seat in between the cherubim. We're never going to know mercy unless we need it. And whatever we have been given in these wars, are ours forever god doesn't ever take them from us and by them we grow and you know the enemy is always always trying to pull something isn't he and yes you know haven't you ever felt that where you've gone through Boy, things have been going pretty nice lately, but there's something in the back of your head that goes, yeah, we'll keep your, you know, NASA's antenna going around in circles. It's like, I have an antenna, you have an antenna, and rightly so, and I call that the Holy Spirit, the person, the third person of the Trinity. He's the one that's detecting about what's coming, and we know that by him, we are prompted, we are convicted, we're convinced, we are... We're given life by him in this new birth, in this body of death. And the only way that we can get through this life is by us being sensitive to his voice and his promptings, his leadings, his guidings, and all those things. And even sometimes if we, and I've experienced this, there's been times I didn't get any promptings. No matter how much I prayed, no matter how many times I banged on his door, there were no leadings, guidings. There was no uh, wind that came, you know, a little breeze from heaven that I could even so much as detect. But you see, in my in that growing time, I said, you know what? You're going to have to go by what you know. You're going to have to go in in cold faith, cold, raw faith. Do what you know how to do and do it, occupy it. And many of us find ourselves um, in a, first of all, we're in this earth, right? This is not, this this earth is set to burn. And so I'm going to tell you the dream in a second, just bear with me. And, And so there's so much effort put into this world. And I'm not talking about what's given to us to do. That's a give me. We're alive. We have to work to earn a living. We have to do this, do that. There's things we have to answer to. Let me take all of that in a big clump and let me set that aside. Because you see, like this morning when I was reading about the rich man who said, uh, I have many goods. He said, and what will I do with all my many goods? I will pull down my barns and build greater. And I will put into those barns all my fruits and all the, my thing, all the stuff that he accumulated. And he said, and I will take my ease. And God called him a fool. He said, your soul's going to be required of you this night. Whose things will those be that you have provided for yourself? Man, godliness with contentment is great gain. Now, let me tell you that dream. And it was during the time, my heart was really heavy and I was going through some stuff with my family, but, uh, You know, I'm a praying woman and I'm just like you, you know, we're going to feel the fiery darts. We're going to feel everything, but I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. So are you. That's why you wear the clothing of Christ, the armor of the living God. So in my dream, I dreamed I saw myself in a house. The phone rang. It was an old fashioned phone. I picked up. Hello. I heard a voice on the other side, almost kind of like a Macedonian call. Come to us. Come here. Come here. And I was, you know, I was like, well, okay. And I kind of even felt in the dream like I was busy doing something and like, but the sound of that person's voice was like, please come to us. Come. Can you please come here? It was a cry for help of some kind. And I said, well, where do you live? And the person said, Texas. And I said, Texas. And I'm thinking, I'm in California. How am I even going to get there? Like, I don't even, like, I don't even know if I can like afford a flight and what does that mean? I'd have to do that, all these. And all of a sudden the scene changed. Next thing you know, I'm in this barren desert. I mean the kind of barren desert you see at Masada. Where nothing can grow and the dirt is powder. it uninhabitable. And I'm looking around like there is nothing alive. It was dead land. And I've never lived in Texas, but I've driven through Texas. I don't have to be in Texas to know what the entire state of Texas looks like. But I can certainly tell you this, that in that moment, I stood on a high ledge where there was a drop off like, literally on the ledge and I because I was looking around like this like what where am I but then all of a sudden I looked and I realized I was standing on a ledge the very edge of the ledge and I looked before me and it was another land and I can honestly tell you right now what I saw there are no words to describe it I even said what is this no place looks like that in texas in fact nowhere on earth looked like what i saw and i'll do my best i remember my mouth was agape like i was like like i couldn't believe my eyes i could see as far as anybody could you you could ever believe seeing i saw the highest highest mountains all in the background, and even behind that, and behind that I saw great and high mountains, and then there were smaller mountains, and there were smaller hills, and and then below that was all lush greenery in fact everything was lush and from the highest peaks of the tallest highest mountains I saw great waterfalls like it didn't even make sense it would be like looking at Mount Everest and seeing a big waterfall the size of a 10-lane freeway flowing down and I saw nothing but waterfalls and I and I looked down and I saw nothing but rich lush greenery and trees and and, uh, I mean, I can't even, it was, there are no words to describe. And, you know, look, I haven't traveled the world, but I have seen some amazing places online, what it looks like in different parts of the world where my mouth was like, I can't even believe that's on earth. It made that look like a dump. And I remember looking at it and I, all of a sudden something welled up in me and it was the Holy Spirit. And I was overwhelmed and i i was overwhelmed with this beauty of this land now remember i'm on a ledge i can't get to it it didn't as far as i know in my dream it really didn't exist it doesn't exist on this earth not yet anyway and i started to sob but from the deepest place of myself i began i bowed down over And I put my face in my hands and I remember like that heaving kind of sobbing and I was overwhelmed because I, my, it was almost, I, I don't mean to sound corny, please. I'm not trying to sound corny, but it was almost too much for me to take in. I know that doesn't sound reasonable. Like, oh, I would be looking. It's like, no, if you were in my dream, you would feel like me. It was almost too much for my eyes to take in. It was another place and I woke up and you know, I, I gave so much thought about what that meant. Like, what did that mean? Lord, what were you showing me? Why did I see that? Well, obviously my mind said, Lord was, I, I believe that was the millennial land and I believe it this day. I have really given so much thought to it. And I said, Lord, you, are sh- you showed me how near we are to that land. That edge I stood on was the end of this age. And the barrenness and the, the desert, the, the, the deathness, if you will, was this world coming to an end. and that's how close we are you know i believe he showed that to me in the midst of a trial to say don't don't look at this world and don't look at the thing that is coming against you look to me you know i think about when god said to moses get thee up into this mountain Abarim unto Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, that is over against Jericho, and behold the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel for a possession, and die in the mount whither thou goest up, and be gathered unto thy people, as Aaron thy brother died in Mount Hor, and was gathered unto his people, because ye trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of meribah-kadesh in the wilderness of zin because ye sanctified me not in the midst of the children of israel yet thou shalt see the land before thee but thou shalt not go thither unto the land which i give the children of israel and i thought about that and i can just see it in my mind of moses he's he's 120 years old he's been long in the last you know 80 years he he was 80 when he was called and it was another 80 years that he went i can't even imagine that and he was alone i mean yes he was being always called alone up into the mount but that's because god called him and and we know, i don't want to get into why he didn't enter in but i believe he'll enter in he will absolutely enter in at the end at the end of days Um, But let's not go into that. What I want to say is, look, Moses went up. He saw the land, but he was not allowed to go in the land because of his trespass. But you know what? We're allowed to go in, though we trespassed against Christ because he sanctified us. He said, because you sanctified me, not in thy sight, but Christ sanctified us in our father's sight. That's why I believe that there are times that even in the midst of the darkness, we receive light from heaven. I do believe that God does this on purpose to say, let me show you something better, something built on better promises, something of a better inheritance, a better hope. You know, I want to also say this. I was thinking about Genesis chapter 2, 11 through 12, and it was in the garden, and it said the name of the first. It was talking about a river. It says the name of the first is Pison. That is it which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. And then it goes on to talk about bdellium and the onyx stone, but it says, and the gold of that land is good. So we see that there was that land. And then we see a coming land for an earthly people. The Jews that will have become the chief of nations during the millennial kingdom. But we also see there's another land called heaven. But we see that there is a city made of pure gold like unto clear glass. You know, I want to say that the first mention of gold in Genesis and the last in Revelation are full of what I feel is a very beautiful thought. You know, you look at the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. So in essence, I was thinking, you know, our Havilah may just be an ordinary land here on earth where we live a little patch of earth or like I always call a little patch of green where Jesus has us. But if the gold of that land is good, when we come to that city, we're going to find when we come to that city, we're going to find something familiar. If the gold in your land where you live is good. The noun, which is often used for gold in the word is derived from a root meaning shining. You know, there's a scripture in Titus that says, therefore we know, or first Timothy says, therefore we know what makes well, but after the kindness and love of God, our savior toward man appeared, Right. I want to just truncate that and use that. The word appeared here means to shine upon. And, you know, I thought to myself, God, I just kept thinking, you know, about that dream. I kept seeing it's like burned forever. That's what a dream does. That's from God. It's like burns it in your mind. And he says, look, I've got something else for you to see. I'm going to show you a land, but not like the land that Moses had to see from a distance. and could not go in but you will go in you will go into my land you will go into heaven land you know all of us are going to meet with some kind of problem there's people that write to me that say you have no idea what it's like for me in my house everybody is against me my spouse is against me my children mock me there's people that are facing the greatest difficulties in their life You know, and I just am here to tell you that that land and what is coming for us, God is going to make sure you're going to be a partaker of that. I do not believe and I will not allow myself to believe that God did all that for the children of Israel and then sent his son to die for us and to shed his blood for us and then say, well, I'm going to go and I'll be in heaven. You can pray to me but you're on your own. You're going to have to work it out on your own. Don't you believe that for a minute? See, the enemy is always going to come around, but he can never win. Jesus Christ came into the world to destroy the works of the devil. And you may have to stand in that land, but it can be Havilah, and the gold of your land is good. Jesus says, I counsel thee to buy from me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich. You see, this world is like a big, like I think of, you know, those tops that you pump. Remember when we were kids and they would spin. And then when the spin was slowing down, it would start to wobble. This is the big wobble. This earth is the big wobble. And Satan knows his time is short and he's going to throw all he has at us. And, you know, I'll tell you something. There was a couple times I went into my head about things. And next I was laying in bed for two hours. I was like, I felt like I was being tossed about like a rag doll by the enemy until I had to stop and go Joni what are you doing what are you doing and I rose up and I just not just rose out of bed but like in my spirit and I said no I'm not listening anymore I said Jesus I said Satan is nothing more than a liar he was a murderer from the beginning he abode not in the truth For when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And he's not your father and he's not my father. We have our father, which is in heaven. And he sent his son, Jesus, to die for us, that we may live through him. That's what it says, that we may live through him. That is reality. And the gold of this land that we've been living in, that we occupy, is good. Because it's Jesus Christ, the King. He is. That's why I think of that land in heaven. It talks about the streets being of gold. But I believe it means shining. And we have the face of Jesus Christ that shines upon us in our temptation, in our darkness. And as God walked, it said he walked through one place. It says he walked with them through the Red Sea. Another place. It says he marched with them through the wilderness. And, you know, I'll tell you, he is merciful and his, he, he's merciful. He says, I will be merciful unto those that show mercy. You know, I'll tell you something. That's why Jesus says, love your enemies, let them go. Pray for those that curse you. God knows that we're not going to feel love for them. I don't feel love. I don't have any natural love for those that are attacking my family or uh, whatever it is that the enemy is using to attack me through or my family or my children or my husband or my friends that I love so much I don't have love but Christ has love and Christ gives us peace and when we're walking in the peace of Jesus Christ we're occupying the land you know what if you are in a desert land then occupy it occupy it in the Lord stand up to the enemy you know a person wrote to me and said I don't even have the strength to even pray and I say, that's okay. You don't have to come up with a bunch of words to tell Jesus that you feel like you've been walked on by golf shoes. You don't have to build up some froth. Your heavenly father knows what you have need of. He sees everything. There is nothing that escapes the eyes of Jesus Christ and he means to deliver you you know listen I was talking to another friend of mine on the phone and this person was feeling really down about his life about the pressures of this and the pressures of that and and the what ifs there's all you know how there's always kind of something that comes around that might hang over our heads and no matter how much we push it away and and rebuke it or whatever it is that we're doing, it comes right back. Because, see, the enemy will use something that's real, but he'll empower it with fear. And you know what? I said, you know what? Everywhere I read about Jesus in his, in the accounts of his life, he never said no to anybody that asked him for help. He never said no. And my friend said, well, he said no to the Syrophoenician. And I said, yeah, he said no at first, but he said yes afterwards. You know why? Because she pressed upon him. She pressed upon him. She threw herself down. She goes, yeah, well, I may be a dog. I'll eat whatever crumbs you have for me. That's how we stand up in this world. Look, the enemy knows that there is an absolute horrific enemy wordless horrific end for him he knows where he is going he knows his kingdom stands doomed he knows that he is judged he knows that he's going to be thrown into the lake that burns with fire to be tormented forever and ever and ever he knows it but he knows you are going to that heaven land, and that is what torments him the most. It torments him that you have the very life, eternal life, living in you. He knows who was in you. You know, I was telling my friend. I said, "Listen," I said in the book. I believe it's in the book of uh, First Second Peter. It says, "For," and don't quote me. Sometimes I get these things wrong. But it says. For uh, uh, Satan contended, disputed over the body of Moses with Michael the archangel. Now you can read about that, why he did that. I'm not going to talk about that today. But I said to my friend, I said, look, he disputed about the body of Moses. And I said, notice how he disputed with the body of Job. But his dispute was with Christ. He disputed the very body of Christ. When men were ripping his beard out of his face, those were the hands of the enemy. Satan was using human hands to brutalize the body that God prepared for him. That's why Jesus says, Do not fear what they can do unto the body. And after and they, if they kill it, there's no more that they can do, but rather fill him who has power not only to kill the body but to you know kill your put your soul in hell you know really the more you spend time knowing the end listen he says he knows the end from the beginning that means your life and he purchased your life you know and he and the body of moses and the body of job and the body of christ satan contended with he contended with the body of joseph in prison He contended with the body of Paul when he was whipped three times, where he was stoned, I think, of stoned, whipped, all these things. Satan hated him so bad he was raging against him and he was taking it out on his body. But I'll tell you this much right now. Jesus' body was raged against by the powers of hell, and he used humanity to do it, though he was dying for humanity in that body of death to kill death and to put death down. And so we are now the body of Jesus Christ. So to touch us is to touch the literal body of Jesus Christ. And to contend with us, we look to him and we say, we are the body of Jesus Christ. I am a member of the body of Jesus Christ, Satan. And to touch me is to touch the body of Jesus Christ. Yay. Moreover, to touch the apple of his eye. You know, I'll tell you something, I've read this Bible plenty enough to know that when we have people that accuse us falsely, people that say all manner of evil against us, people that despitefully use us and and cause all kinds of chaos and wickedness and launch wicked words, I'll tell you something, I say to myself, in a sense, you know what? I would rather be the one taking the abuse and the one giving the abuse. Though I don't like the way it feels because I'll tell you something. When one of his children cry to him, he gets involved. Always know that when you call upon Jesus Christ to help you, if that's the only word you could say, that's all is needed. That's all that's needed. Even, um, Jeremiah chapter four, I think is 52. He said, I was it. he said when he, he said he was recounting of the time that he was in the, in the well, when he was put into the well and there was an empty well, but he sunk into the mire. And he said, I, I cried unto him. I cried unto him out of the low dungeon. He said, hold not thy voice. At my breathing, neither at my cries. You see, prayer is not just a bunch of words. You can breathe. Maybe all you can do is breathe good enough, then breathe towards the Lord. Let yourself breathe out. And I'll tell you, sometimes words just get in the way anyway. God lives so you will live and he will see you through. It says the just shall come out of trouble. It says the wicked shall not be unpunished. They'll not go unpunished, but the just shall come out of trouble. And you know what? I say, woe unto those that attack the children of God. And I say that with respect to who Jesus is as a judge. I'm not the judge. It's not up to me. Just like, when God was judging uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, he's like, don't even look over there. It's none of your business how I'm judging judging that place. Go. Look that way. Go forward. But his wife looked back. There's all these different reasons why she loved it. She wished she wanted to see what was happening. But when God is judging a person it has nothing to do with you or me, I want to say something that really gets to me because I've I've heard people say this to me often. And I cringe when I hear it. They say, "Well, you know, anytime anybody ever has tried to do anything to me, I have seen God deal with them harshly, and I go, "Oh, don't say that. Let me tell you why God deals with people harshly. It's not just because they are mean to us and attack us and harm us. He says, i he says i I judge the wicked, I deal with the wicked, I take care of them." because of their own wickedness. So be careful that you're not going around going well anybody who's ever tried, you know it's like we need to be more humble and say look, it said God will meet the wicked in their own in their way. Now he'll work on our but go your way humbly, be quiet about it. God will work on your behalf. In fact, let me tell you what I have learned about the Lord. When I have been attacked before brutally, and I'm raging in te- temptation to go. And all these things are, it's like a it's like a tornado in my head with these mock conversations. If I see that person, I'll say that and go, No, Joan, you can't do that. You're a believer. That's not how you serve the Lord. And it's just this war, you know. But one thing I learned is God will deal with us first before He'll deal with our enemies because we're His. Right? It says That judgment must first come to the house of God. And if it first begin with us, what shall the unrighteous do? Where shall they stand? So it's right. He will deal with us first so that he can deal with them. So make sure that the land that you're occupying right now is the Havilah and that the gold of that land, you will say is good because your treasure is in heaven and that city made of gold and that gold is tried in fire our faith that is given to us that is so powerful there's no demon power in hell there's no satanic stronghold there's nothing that can come against those who put their faith in god it just takes a little tiny bit of a mustard seed. In other words, God took a mustard. Jesus took a mustard seed and pointed to a mountain. He said, if you have faith so much as this mustard seed, you should be able to say to that mountain, be thou removed and it should obey you. In other words, he was saying that much has that kind of atomic power. So don't give up. Stand up straight. The gold that you have is fire tried and it is immune to destruction and there's nothing the enemy can do. He will never have the last word and you will get yourself up to that mountain in heaven. Cause you see there is Mount Sinai where God first met Moses. And then he took him to Mount Nebo and said, you can't go there. And then Christ died. On mount Calvary but there's another Mount Mount Zion on the sides of the north in the heavenly Jerusalem and maybe just maybe also what I was seeing was the land of heaven where we are all going trust in the Lord and do good so shalt thou dwell in the land And verily thou shalt be saved. Commit thy way in the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring, he shall give you the desires of your heart. And that desire of your heart is the desire of all nations Jesus Christ, our reward, our great, exceeding reward. And he'll bring you out. That's a promise.